The Mishnah in Pirkei Avot makes an ostensibly odd comparison between Avraham and Bilam. It identifies three opposing qualities possessed by each and then ascribes them to their respective students. The Rambam helps us understand each of their philosophies and how they are expressed in particular episodes recorded in the Torah. The Mishnah in Pirkei Avot, Perak Hay, it's Mishnah Yud Tet in one edition. It could be anywhere from Yud Zion or Yud Chet as well, depending on how the Mishnayot are divided in that section. It reads as follows. Kol mi sheyesh biyado shlosha devarim halalu, mi talmidav shal Abraham avinu. So anyone that possesses these three qualities is considered among the students of Abraham, our forefather. Ushlosha devarim acherim, and three other qualities, mitalmidav shal bilam harasha, are, would be considered among the students of Bilam, who is considered evil. Ayin tova, literally translated to a good eye, the Ruach Nimucha, this would be considered a humble spirit. It's one possible way to translate it. Again, we'll define it further. Nefesh Shifala would be a lowly soul. So those three qualities, a good eye, humble spirit, lowly soul, mitamidav shal Abraham Avinu, our students of Abraham, our forefather. Ayin Ra, a bad eye, Ruach Givoha, a... Uh, I guess you'd call it a tall spirit, the nefesh rechava, and a, a wide soul, mitamidav shal bilam harasha, would be considered a student of Bilam, who's considered uh, evil or wicked. Ma bein talmidav shal Avraham avinu, le talmidav shal bilam harasha. What's the difference between the students of Avraham and the students of Bilam, the evil? Talmidav shal Avraham avinu, ochlin baulam hazeh, so the students of Avraham will eat, so to speak, in this world. Sounds like they'll benefit in this world. And they'll inherit in the world to come. The, uh, as it says in the Pasuk, uh, is quoted from Mishle. So those who love me will inherit. And storehouses and their storehouses I will fill. Aval, but Talmidav shall Bilam Harasha, but the students of Bilam the evil, Yorshin Gehenim, the Yordin Leber Shachas. They get uh, Gehenim and they will descend into the pit of destruction. Shneemar, as it says in Tehilim, Viata Elohim Toridem Leber Shachat, Anshe Damim Umirma, Lo Yechetsu Yemehem, Vani Eftach Bach. So, and you, God, Bring them down to the pit of destruction, men of blood and deceit. They will not live half their days, and but I will trust in you. So I'd like to try and better understand the ideas in this Mishnah. This is certainly a comparison that would not have occurred to me. And fortunately, the Rambam in his commentary on Pirkei Avot explains each of these terms and provides an illustration. So according to the Rambam, a good eye, ayin tova, refers to the quality of, he describes it as histapkut, contentment. This is illustrated by Avraham's refusal to accept any payment from the king of Sodom, which occurs in, in Parshat Lech Lecha. 
So while Avraham's primary intent was to rescue his relative Lot, he ends up restoring the kingdom of Sodom. And the king of, king of Sodom says, okay, you can have, just give me the people and you can have all the spoils of war. But Avraham in uh, Perak Yadalad Pasuk Chafbet and Bereshit says, Im michut ve'ad seroch na'al, ve'im ekach mikol lach, ve'lo tomar ani ha'asharti et Avraham. Not a thread of a shoelace. I will not take anything that is yours. And you will not say, I made Avraham rich. So interestingly, despite a significant financial upside, Avraham refused any spoils from the war between the four and five kings and did not accept any spoils from Sodom. But how does this illustrate contentment? And there's one other problem, which is if accepting money is problematic, why was it earlier in the Parsha that Avraham did accept money from the king of Egypt? So I think the idea that the Rambam is directing us to here is that wealth is not inherently evil. It is a resource which has many benefits. But when viewed properly, it's merely a means. It's not an ends. So someone with a good eye has the quality of contentment, they won't refuse a beneficial financial opportunity. But because he or she is satisfied with their current state of affairs, the lure of wealth does not bind them or cause them to compromise their values. There was no reason for Avraham to refuse the financial benefits offered to him by the king of Egypt. Apparently that was part of uh, God's plan. But the potential perception of a financial relationship with the crooked community of Sodom would have undermined Avraham's pursuit of teaching justice. He made it clear that he would not accept even the slightest increase in wealth at the expense of his core mission and values. Bilam, in contrast, possessed the quality of a bad eye, never content with what he has, always wanting more. He was hopeful that the king of Moab would increase his wealth in exchange for cursing the Jewish people. Even the donkey could see that the path he was on would lead to his own destruction. And despite warnings in many forms, including directly from God, he was completely blinded by the pursuit of, of wealth. So in summary, he stopgut, the ayin tova, the quality of contentment, doesn't mean that a person wouldn't take advantage of a positive financial opportunity or see the potential benefits. But the pursuit of wealth never causes one to compromise their principles. They're content with what they have, and no financial opportunity will move them from their core values. So that's our first quality. The next quality is ruach nimucha, which could be translated to a humble spirit. And it refers to moderation and mastery over one's base desires. There are different uh, translations of this uh, commentary of the Rambam on Avot, which was originally uh, written in Arabic. And so in Hebrew, sometimes you'll see the word zihirut or pirishut, which either means sort of separation or carefulness. I've seen it also translated in English as restraint. And I think those are getting sort of at the same concept, again, a mastery over one's instincts. This is illustrated by Avraham's comment at the beginning of Lech Lecha as he descends to Egypt. There was a famine in the land, 
and he is told by God to go down to Egypt. And it says, he and it was, Kasher he kriv when he came close to approaching Egypt, Vayomer el Sarai ishto, he said to uh, Sarai or Sarah, his wife, Hinena yadati, now I know, or behold I know, ki isha yifat mar'at, that you are a, a beautiful woman, or you're a woman of beautiful appearance. So different interpretations of this line. I don't believe it's necessary to say that Avraham never looked at his wife, as some might suggest. But rather, Avraham never looked at his wife in that way, as an object. Physical beauty was not the basis of their relationship. They had a deep bond based on a shared philosophy, a mutual understanding, and a commitment to a common mission. But as they approached Egypt, it became apparent to Avraham that in this superficial society, Sarah would be viewed only as an object. He never viewed her that way or had seen her in that light previously. It might be likened to someone growing up on an island separate from your average American society and then encountering Hollywood for the first time. It would be jarring to see women objectified based solely on their physical appearance. And it became apparent to Avraham that Sarah would fit the profile of beauty in the shallow society of Egypt. This example gives us some insight into Avraham's philosophy and his mastery over his uh, desires and, and instincts. This stands in stark contrast to Bilam. He suggested that the women of Midian entice the men of the Jewish people. And the Rambam explains that this gives you some insight into Bilam's, Bilam's philosophy. Only someone who views women as objects could make such a suggestion. So that's our second quality, Ruach Nemucha, a mastery over the realm of the instincts. And finally, the Nefesh Shefela, the Rambam defines this lowly soul as possessing the quality of humility. And this is illustrated that when Avraham was debating with God regarding the fate of Sodom, Avraham acknowledges that he is but Afar Ve'efer, he is but dust and ashes. Bilam, by contrast, brags and describes himself as he who hears the word of God in two different places. Humility is the quality of one who sees himself and his place in the universe accurately, sees how much more there is to learn, and is always gaining and advancing. Arrogance, conversely, causes one's development to stagnate. The Mishnah ascribes these various qualities to the students of Avraham and to the students of Bilam. It is indicating that these qualities do not merely reflect a static disposition, but leads towards a particular path. Contentment, restraint, and humility result in compounding benefits in the realm of the practical, in this world, and with regard to a person's ultimate development.